Legends Unite in Ravencoin We Trust. Welcome all, all Ravenites all around the world. We appreciate you being here with us live in Twitter Spaces. Today I have, I am your co-host, Blockchain John, with my co-host, uh, Ravencoin Assets. And we do have Quoting that's going to be speaking from time to time, helping moderate. And we have Marcus that's going to be helping us talk about P2SH. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Uh, first off, I want to get started about talking uh, on P2SH. I did put up, pull up a little uh, link here, briefly describing what P2SH is. Okay, So P2SH, or paid to script hash, was a patch to Bitcoin added in 2012. So on the record, P2SH was first ever used in Bitcoin. All right, for clarity purposes, remember that because... Ravencoin is a fork of Bitcoin. Okay, so it was added in 2012, which altered the way it validated transactions. It is most commonly identifi identifiable as the addresses in Bitcoin that starts with a three instead of a one. So that's how you can tell the difference. So when you look at a Bitcoin address, whenever you're trying to send or receive, if you see that number three at the beginning of that address, that is a P2SH address. If you see a number one, that is a legacy address. All right, keep that in mind. Uh, P2SH addresses on chain. Basically, instead of the normal practice of paying to a public key hash or redeem script, it instead pays to the hash digest. This is very, very, uh, you got to remember this. Okay, the hash is very, this is what we're going to get deeper into. Uh, Mark, hopefully you're ready for this. We're going to get deeper into what the hash is all about here. Uh, of the regime script on chain, which uh, ostensibility accomplishes the following things. Number one, it stores an annotated version of the locking redeem script instead of the script itself, which may save some fees for the person who creates the transactions due to smaller size of the resultant transactions at the expense of the party that receives the transactions when they spend those funds. It hides the locking script so that, uh, so that it is not public until the payee moves the coins elsewhere. Three, complete, a complete change to the validation logic of Bitcoin. Basically, the hash of the script is validated first. Then the locking script is then executed separately. So the reason I keep mentioning Bitcoin over and over again, because Bitcoin has obviously done it, it is there. Ravencoin, we're not there yet. So there's not many articles in regards to what Ravencoin is doing with uh, P2SH. But once it's out, I'm sure there's going to be a lot of articles of people using P2SH, and we're going to learn a lot more about that. So for the time being, what we're going to be discussing is what's to come in the future for uh, for Ravencoin. And I'm sure we're going to be, we can easily echo what has been accomplished in, in Bitcoin. So with that said, Mark, uh, let's bring you onto the mic, if you don't mind. Um, or would you like me to continue giving you some more inspiration here? I appreciate that, John. Thank you so much, and happy Monday to everyone on the call. I thoroughly appreciate all of you and your time, and we definitely are really excited about this new technology that's coming out with Ravencoin. Um, I, I really want to appreciate those that have joined the call, and we look forward to seeing you in next year, and when Ravencoin is able to publish this update and make it available to the masses. With that said, we'll go ahead and get started. Um, as John mentioned, um, P 
P2SH is the pay to hash script, and we'll simplify the terms down. It basically makes it easy for folks to be able to transact across blockchains in a way that um, is a zero trust manner. Um, you probably have seen some conversations and discussions about Polygon and Matic and their uh, ZK rollups. They're trying to do things without zero knowledge, uh, but this is with zero trust. So. To get into the details a little bit about this and how it works, uh, you basically have two players. Um, we'll just use the example that was posted on the GitHubs of Alice and Bob. Alice has some Bitcoin, Bob has some Ravencoin. Uh, Bob creates an asset out of his Ravencoin and wants to sell that to Alice, and Alice wants to pay with Bitcoin. Make this happen. Um, Alice has got to lock the transaction into a, into, um, a P2SH, a, a, a pay-to-script hash. You could think of it like a smart contract, but it's a light version of it. It's not fully programmable like a smart contract and that you can do anything with it, including interfacing with an oracle or dealing with other advanced technologies. Um, it's uh, more like a simplified smart contract. So Alice will take her Bitcoin and lock it into this script and use it to pay for what Bob has in Ravencoin. Um, something else I want to highlight, something else to note is that P2SH isn't unique to Ravencoin. It is something that existed in Bitcoin previously and something Bitcoin supports uh, to this. What needed to be modified was the fact that Ravencoin itself as far as the assets are concerned, wasn't necessarily scripted to support P2SH. So in a bland example, let's just take assets and put them off to the side. Say Alice has got some Bitcoin, Bob has some Ravencoin, and then they want to make an exchange. They would basically lock each of their tokens up into a P2SH. I want to say similar to a smart contract, but we'll say something like a smart contract light to help those that are coming from Ethereum understand how this works. And they basically exchange keys. They have transaction hashes that represent the proof that they locked their coins away in their respective blockchains. They then exchange those hashes with each other through private channels and are able to sign their transactions on each of their blockchains and say, okay, Bob, I sent, uh, speaking from the terms of Bob, you say, hey, I'm Bob. I sent Alice my Ravencoin. Alice has her Bitcoin. She says, I've sent Bob my Bitcoin. And the two transactions, they both come with a hash and a secret that is used that they exchange and they sign it on both of their blockchains. And then the result is they're able to transact cross blockchain without having to trust that one person is going to send the transactions from one or the other. So to recap on that, um, that enables players to uh, make trades across blockchains in a simplified manner that doesn't necessarily include so much of functionality as, as something like an Ethereum, Solana, Polygon, uh, Matic, smart, block, uh, smart contract. So what's new? What came out with Ravencoin is um, the team has worked to make it, up, make it possible to be able to transact assets in addition to Ravencoin. So the new 4.7 release that is coming out uh, sometime next year, I think, after the happening, after the polls have had a chance to upgrade to support this as well, the idea is that you would not only be able to transact cross-blockchain with just the tokens themselves, with the coins themselves, 
but you can also be able to transact on the assets as well. So say I created, um, you know, I'll take an example of uh, Wall Street Cash uh, from the Ravenclaw's pool that we have. Say I've got some um, assets that have been created. I call them Wall Street Cash, and I want to be able to sell them to somebody, and they want to pay with Bitcoin. The new feature that's coming out is going to enable us to be able to send those assets, not just the coins, but the assets, over to uh, and have them paid for in Bitcoin. And so you get a copy, you get um, you get that asset from the Ravencoin blockchain over to Bitcoin, and then Bitcoin can be used to pay for that asset. You can also um, describe some instructions to say if I want this to last. You know, say it's something like a loan or something like that. You can do that, and it's um, you know limited to 24 or 48 hours or however long you want the contract to last. And there's specific instructions that represent how that operates. Now, I know this is a lot of information, and we definitely want to give um, everyone an opportunity to ask some questions. So, um, for those of you, or I'll pass it back to John and say, um, now that we've gone over the basics of it, uh, we'll go ahead and go into next steps. Sure, sure. All right, so are there any questions so far? If you have any questions, go ahead and raise your hand. Um, what do we got? We got a bunch of likes here, 100%. Okay, beautiful. Beautiful. So they're awake. That's great. That's good news. I like when you guys are awake. Um, of course, this is going to be uh, a very technical episode. So please, if you have questions, ask, ask, ask. We're going to unlock the layers of the Ravencoin onion. I don't know if ravens ha uh, eat onions, but yeah, we're about to do that. Definitely. <laughs> Doesn't look like so we could probably, okay. Yeah, that's okay. So we can go into some use cases for this. Um, some of you may have been hearing about Bitcoin coming out with the ability to talk to DeFi. Some people have been trying to establish some DeFi projects on top of um, on top of Bitcoin itself. Um, this is possible through something like this P2SH. Um, they also include. Um, there's this new term called seg. Or this new term to me. Uh, SegWit or segre Segregated Witness. Um, they're using this technology to enable people to be able to transact with Bitcoin over DeFi and part of what is incorporated into that is this P2SH protocol. And so um, some of this is also coming to Ravencoin, which means the possibility certainly exists that we could see DeFi for Ravencoin as well sometime in the near future. Possibility. Okay. Would you happen to know how far we are in the process of P2SH? Have you been testing it out yourself? Um, I've downloaded the 4.7 QT version of Raven myself, yes. Um, I'm just trying to get my hands on some test Raven coins because uh, I don't want to spend real money on this. Uh, but the proof of concept is there. I did see the Medium post from Tron Black himself mm -hmm. where he posted an update and actually tested this on the Binance testnet where he was able to take his Raven and mint them on the Binance Smart Chain as, uh, what was it, wrapped, wrapped Raven coin. Hmm. And you're able to take that Raven and interact with the Binance Smart Chain in other ways and just go from there. Or you can take that Raven coin and send it back to the Raven coin network. 
And in the process of doing that, um, see, so what you do is you open the position by taking your Raven over to the Binance Smart Chain, and it will mint Raptor Raven coin uh, on the Binance Smart Chain that represent the Ravens that you locked away from the Raven coin blockchain. And then what happens is you can take that Raven and you can do other DeFi stuff on the Binance Smart Chain. And then when you're done or whenever you're ready, you can cash in your Raven coin back to the Raven network and those burnt as those Raven coin enter back into the blockchain and your coins are then unlocked from your original contract. Hmm. It sounds very complicated to me, to, to be honest. Anyone else feel confused about this? No, I just think it's really interesting how we are, we're finally starting to see some way more interaction with Raven and other blockchain technology. Because, I mean, there's a lot of lot of smart people working on it right now. I know a few developers myself. I, as well, am a developer. Um, and we're, we're currently talking about so many different ways we can implement Raven because it's, it's now it has so much functionality for us to use. It's just now we need to figure out how we want to implement it. And now we, I actually – somebody commented on one of my posts the other day that he's, he's working on a Raven metaverse, which is, which is amazing, just to see how much it's finally moving on here. Actually, um, Psychedelic Spectrum talked to me about that, uh, creating Ravenverse. Yeah, he, he was the one that uh, that commented on my post, I believe. I, I asked him, like, what his end goal was about it. Um, and it's very interesting how, how he's he showed us a little bit, a little sneak peek. If you if you go to my post, you should be able to find it. He showed a little sneak peek of it. Um, and I, I just think it's super interesting. And I, I feel like now with this... P2SH, we're going to see a lot of interesting things happen, especially if we do some cross-blockchain functionality built within that. I, I think they're, they're, the possibilities are endless. Let's let's yeah. talk about cross. Uh, let's let's talk about the other functionalities that P2SH unlocked for us. Actually, give me a moment here. I think I can get Hans on right now. He's uh he's calling me. I think I can get him on right now. Give me a second here. Oh, that would be great. Yeah. So I'm wondering if you guys have heard of One Harmony, that blockchain. So yes. I've been following them and they seem to have created a Bitcoin bridge to to transfer Bitcoin to their blockchain. I guess I'm not sure if it's Raptor. I'm not sure if it's even use, if it's using that P2SH. Okay. But it, if they're able to do that and introduce Bitcoin to DeFi or DeFi to Bitcoin, I mean, I'm, I'm wondering how hard is it to implement that code for Raven if Raven's just a block of uh, Bitcoin? Yeah, something that was brought up last night was the ability to implement the Lightning Network into Ravencoin. P2SH is what will enable that, um, gotcha. which, is, which is really, that's going to be that'll enable quite a bit of difference because, I mean, the Lightning Network itself is a sense of, of being able to convert Bitcoin into cash instantly and then back into Bitcoin upon receivable. So that's, you know, think of the implications of that alone. Gotcha. And so, I mean, that so that leads me to my, my real question is, you know, what I'm really waiting for is for us to be able to uh, stake or, you know, use our Raven to collect interest. I know OKEX... I believe you know it's based out of Asia. I I believe so. I've seen them offering interest rates for Raven. Um, I know 
we're not allowed to use it in the U.S., uh, not allowed to use OKEx, but, you know, would this allow us to, I guess, stake Raven in a way and collect interest off that and get rewards? Now, it's hard to tell for that just because a lot of the restrictions that we face here in the U.S. are just on the government level. So it's really hard for us, it's really hard for a developer to, or, or anybody to really do that kind of development because we also have to deal with, is the government going to step in? Um, because now with crypto being, crypto in general, starts sort of being a, uh, a big news topic, you know, on Fox Business and all these, and all these big networks, the, the government is starting to perk its ears up a little bit, and it's stuff like that that kind of makes them go kind of crazy because they're like, well, these interest rates are kind of nuts. Um, yeah. And the, the big thing about that is just how we can lead off of that and do it in a way that the government would allow, uh, say, for some exchange to allow that to happen in the first place. So, I, I mean, I'm collecting some interest on some of my coins. I'm using Celsius for, like, my Bitcoin, Ethereum, um, Matic, stuff like that. And I'm wondering, how are they able to to do to do that give out interest and i guess i'm not sure if anyone would know but how does one request for a coin to be added to a an application or a program like celsius where we could collect interest off of that i think there's i believe there's a form that you have to fill out uh for the entity itself i heard tron talking about it in our podcast or on our twitter space last night um, and that there's a, a form and some legalities that you have to cover over it, and then once you submit it, it's up to them as to when they'll honor it. Gotcha. All right, yeah. so I have uh, Hans on the mic now. Let's see if the audio works. Hans, welcome. Yes, yes, thank you. Can you guys hear him properly? Give me a thumbs up. Give me 100% if you can hear him. Yeah. Perfect. All right, Hans. So if you guys don't know who Hans is, from my experience, because I don't know him personally, but what I what I see is that he's one of the few people on the back end when it comes to development. He's the one that's bringing life to Ravencoin. He's the one that's making it easier for us as a community to be able to utilize what Ravencoin is. You'll always continue to see him doing development updates on the GitHub, and that's something important. That's what Hans and, and the main core developers are asking and requesting and begging you guys, please, Ravencoin community, please, we need testers. Test out the new wallet, 4.7. Um, with that said, Hans, <laughs> that's not like a begging, a begging thing. Hans, welcome, welcome. Well, thank you for that great uh, talk up. Um, I'm glad to be here. I've been involved in Ravencoin since the very beginning and think it's got great times ahead still. Perfect. All right. Now we did sort of briefly went over P2SH, but it, 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 from your experience and your side of development on Ravencoin, what is uh, what is a team doing to make uh, P2SH happen on Ravencoin? Honestly, at this point, uh, the only thing left to do on P2SH specifically is is testing, and it's up to the community when to release the code. The code is essentially done. We had P2SH um, from the very beginning. Um, for, Ra for, for Raven coins themselves, but not for assets, because we inherited that capability from Bitcoin, just as, as you can use P2SH with BTC on the Bitcoin chain. Um, but uh, P2SH functionality wasn't working 
or assets because we encode assets in in the outputs different than uh, than the Ravens themselves. Uh, that's where the that's where Ravencoin architecture differs from the way Bitcoin was designed. So P two S H wasn't working for assets until the until the last set of code updates, which we finished up, um, you know, over previous months, really really late summer, um, and uh, we've gotten we we've done all the testing we can on it uh, as from from the dev's viewpoint. We just need the users to to beat it up and, and try it under various things. You can use PTSH for a number of different um, functionalities. We know, I know some people have been using it to test uh, to test multi-signature. I put together a test uh, to make sure that it ran uh, properly uh, doing uh, uh, cross-chain uh, cross atomic swap functionality, and that seemed to work just fine too. But again, it's up to the community when to, when to decide when to release the code. Thank you, Hans. Uh, what other features are being developed other than P2SH, um, or what's the next layer in your in your uh, I guess timeline for Ravencoin? What's what's being worked on? Is anything being worked on, or has everybody, all the developers, the very few, by the way, the very few developers that have been working, like Hans, have been working hundreds and hundreds, if not thousands upon thousands of hours over the years trying to make Ravencoin what it is today for us to have the next upgrade to the Ravencoin project. Well, let me just point out that there's actually quite a few changes in addition to P2SH on this on this release that uh, we're basically just waiting on the go, on the go ahead. Um, a lot of them are clean up clean up in the GUI, um, ju just uh, to improve user user friendliness. Uh, we've also made quite a, quite a bit of changes in terms of uh, the way the the screen the the screens lay out. In particular, you'll notice um, with the newest version that when you're setting up a new wallet, that uh, the way you uh, the way you pick the monomic uh, monomic codes and and all that and the passwords, um, that that is all much cleaner now. So that you can you know if you're confused, you can go back, um, and so you don't end up in 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 a screen that you can't get out of that sort of thing. So we've done a lot of cleanup of those sorts of things. We've fixed a lot of bugs as well. Um, and there's, you know, we've got other features in the roadmap. Uh, there's a bunch of stuff that we're, that we're considering doing, but uh, really we need to just get this next next release, release out and then see what, uh, see what people say, see what the community feedback is. Perfect, thank you, Hans. Are there any questions so far before we move on to the next one? I know you guys got questions, come on. Don't be don't be late there. There's always questions. Hmm. Well, feel free to raise your hand and come up and speak if you have any questions, y'all. We really appreciate it. I, I will say I, I missed the very beginning of the talk, but could anyone give me a brief explanation of what P2SH is for Bitcoin and what it just what exactly it is or what functionality functionality it is? <laughs> Well, uh, Hans, it looks like he just came in. Did, were you able to hear his question? Uh, no, the uh, the uh, I just got in unrecognizable scraps of audio. Yeah, my apologies. Uh, he said that if you can if you can repeat what uh, P2SH is and the functionalities, basically what you just did. Sure. Okay. So 
Uh, P2SH, P2SH stands for pay to, public, pay, pay to script hash. So instead of uh, paying the Raven coin or asset to a specific address, you pay it, 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 it gets paid to the hash of a script. And, and that allows you to create a script using the, the, the uh, available opcodes uh, in the scripting language uh, to, to create a number of different functionalities. Uh, I mean, it's really a general purpose script and you just create the hash of that script and you, you uh, uh, pay to the hash of that script. And so when, it, when, when someone wants to then spend that output, uh, then they need to um, provide the script so that uh, so that the software can generate the hash of that script and check it against uh, what uh, the hash it was supposed to be paid to. Make sure you have the original script, and then of course you need to qualify. You need to satisfy the requirements of that script. So there's a number of things that there's lots of things you, you could do. Really, an infinite number. But the but the most popular things that it's used for is is, is multi-sig. Um, you know, there is a an an older way of an older way of doing multi-sig, but it's limited to three signatures, and it results in very large transactions. Doing multi-sig using P2SH always results in the same size transactions, no matter how many signatures you use, because it's because it's only storing the the hash of the script, um, and so and it can use a, a much larger number of signatures. So multi-sig is generally done very using P2SH. The other thing that's that P2SH is, is, is critical for is for cross-chain to topic swaps um, because uh, uh, it'll, it'll, it supports the creation of something they call HTLC's hash time lock contracts, which is the, the handshaking protocol that's used for, to implement cross-chain atomic swaps. So, so those are the two most common usages. Perfect. Gotcha. Okay. Multi-sig. Thank you. you. Multi-sig. The main use case for P2SH is the ability to easily support multi-signature transactions. This can provide extra security for a group of individuals or companies that want to ensure that no one person can move or steal the coins from a shared wallet. That's the most popular, right? Multi, multi sig. Now, how does that work when it comes to assets themselves? Because these, th this particular um, comment here is in regards to the main coin. Does that still directly apply to the assets themselves? It, it didn't. It didn't used to until the new software update, but now it does. So, you, so at, at every word you said now applies just as well to any asset uh, as if it was as if it was a Raven coin. That's, uh, it's as close as I can put it. <laughs> yeah. It got, it got really quiet while he was talking there. Uh, Hans, if you can uh, repeat that again, please. I was saying, I was saying that uh, um, in the previous version of the code, uh, the multi-sig only worked for Raven. Now it works for assets. Uh, fully and completely in the same way as if they were as as if they were even so you could do full threshold signature uh, threshold multi-sig n of m type uh, multi-sig as as with assets just the same as you do for raven perfect did you guys get that second for this time perfect all right now um 
PTSH, the way I I visually can see PTSH, Hans, and correct if I'm wrong, but to me, I've always envisioned PTSH to be this door in the wall, in the blockchain wall. Once P2SH is fully implemented, it does a lot of other um, uh, code updates. Like like you mentioned, uh, we can do we can do we can do lightning, technically, right? Once P2SH is integrated, we can do segregated witness. We can do lightning. We can do snore signatures, taproot, uh, Mimblewimble, bulletproof. Uh, what else? Uh, there's a bunch of other things out there, but it all starts with P2SH. So, uh, from my understanding, we need. We, as the community, once again, need to continuously test out uh, the new wallets and the features. And like like Hans said, the goal is to break it. Do whatever you can to to find the flaws in the wallet. Just go tinker with it, you know? Get a couple uh, uh, test coins, tinker with it. And if you find something, report it. Trust me, they will love you for it, man. I'm telling you, they need more people because there's not that many people. Hans, how many people do you have testing the wallet? Other than developers, um, well, they're all volunteers, so we get sporadic feedback. We've got a couple of really good community members who, you know, test everything all the time, but it's just too few people. I mean, there's a lot of complexity to this, as you, as you're well aware. Uh, there's no dedicated testers, certainly. Right. Just right. as there are no, just as there are no dedicated developers. Now, if we want Ravencoin to be a global thing with millions of people to use it, it and we're having less than 100 testers. It's one of those things that, come on, community, please. We need people to test this wallet. Get in there. I encourage you to get in there. Download the wallet. Just tinker with it. Actually, it's a very beautiful wallet, right? Uh, right, Hans? It's a 4.7 is a very beautiful wallet. It's it's. If you guys haven't checked it out, the GUI is a beautiful thing. Check it out. Have fun with it. And use it for your main chain if you want, because you technically can use 4.7, right? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Any questions? Uh, it definitely would help. It, it definitely would help uh, if people were able to get in and test it. Because if this was to go live, and we missed a specific case where something broke, um, you know, then things crash. The price crashes. There's bad news. People spread blood. Oh my God, Ravencoin is broken. So it really is in our best interest as a community to uh, make sure that this is battle ready. Because without that, and say it fails, just the slightest little sneeze of bad news you know sends the price of any crypto down mm -hmm. okay, so, uh, oh go ahead jc so i have a, a few questions uh and uh, i'm really having a hard time here in hand so maybe somebody else can answer it but yeah questions pertaining at, as to really more the relationship of uh, ravencoin being a fork of bitcoin like how is that uh, a strength and uh you know what kind of things can be leveraged based on that and maybe touch on the technical aspects of block size and uh you know the the total supply and you know all those basic basic things that are not as complicated for many of us here that are not as technical uh in terms of bitcoin i'm sorry in terms of Ravencoin. no worries that i can speak to Ravencoin is a fork of Bitcoin, which means we inherit, which means Ravencoin inherits the same functionality as Bitcoin. So, um, as far as functionality is concerned, pretty much anything Bitcoin does, Ravencoin can do as well. Uh, one of the added benefits to that is asset creation. There was a bug in Bitcoin in that if you created an asset in Bitcoin 
and you ended up spending or using those coins that were originally designated for that asset, uh, something broke. So they ended up turning that feature off in the official Bitcoin network. Ravencoin um, has uh, pretty much fixed this and made it available so that you can spend assets. And essentially, those coins that you spend on that asset are burnt. Uh, burning Raven in that particular context just means it's sent to a specific Ravencoin um, asset wallet. And it actually says it in the name of the wallet address itself. It's like XXX Ravencoin asset XXX or something like that. <clears throat> so when you create an asset, you're actually sending your coins to a burn address. So those coins can never be uh, respent or repurposed for anything else if you're creating an asset on it. Um, as far as the block size is concerned, I believe Bitcoin's uh, block size is one megabyte by default. Uh, they originally started off at 32 megabytes, but at uh, some block number 5,000 or something like that, they cut it down to one megabyte. Um, and after that whole discussion came out about, um, you know, should we scale on-chain, should we scale off-chain, and Bitcoin Cash and Bitcoin, as we know today, uh, was born. Ravencoin's block size, we actually just looked it up earlier today, is four megabytes. So it's kind of sort of the uh, Goldilocks middle point between too much and too little, in that um, you can fit a decent number of transactions on it. And then to enable Ravencoin to scale, uh, we can also leverage things like the Lightning Network, um, since Bitcoin that is supported by Bitcoin, Ravencoin can also support using the using and leveraging the Lightning Network as well. Um, and I'm sorry for bouncing around, but to ch touch on the assets one more time, um, the other thing is uh, you can create NFTs out of your assets by leveraging the IPFS uh, transaction address. IPFS stands for the Interplanetary File System, and for those that don't know. Uh, it's basically where you store the actual content of your movies, your videos, your images. If you want to store something on a blockchain and it's too big to fit on something that's specific to a currency, like Ravencoin, Bitcoin, Ethereum, then you would store that on IPFS, the interplanetary file system. And um, like I created a, an NFT out of my logo. The image itself is stored on IPFS. I go and I take the image and I just supply it to that network and it's stored on that network. And then I take the, the hash that I get from that, the QWXZY or whatever, and I take that and I put that into my asset on Ravencoin. And that's how you create an NFT on the Ravencoin network. So is it correct that uh, with Ravencoin, you don't need facts like you do with uh, ethereum or other uh platforms because uh its relationship or its origin with bitcoin that's correct something else i'll add with that as well is that it gives you the ability to time lock a contract right so say you want to sell this asset out with somebody you can put a time limit up for let's call it i don't know 20 days that they have to make that payment if that payment is not made by that other party then it releases that um that asset right back into your wallet but if they pay for it and put up payment it immediately triggers that immediately to then trigger that payment over to your wallet and for the to be swapped over to them so in a swap sense
Do you guys hear me? I got a quick question about uh, like blockchain game development. Uh, would P2SH lead to uh, the ability to create like a MetaMask extension for Raven? Hans, that's that's all you, Hans. Did you have I'm sorry, I couldn't couldn't quite yeah. understand the question. The question is uh, for game development. Uh, will P2SH be able to create a? Uh, will you be able to create a Meta MetaMask wallet? Is that what it was? Raven yeah, MetaMask, yeah, yeah, MetaMask extension, like a browser extension, yeah. I think uh, I think primarily what the interest here is in being able to really be able to trade wrapped coins of one kind or another, and and doing wrapped coins basically uh, requires a bridge to another chain so that you can basically uh, trade assets on other chains, and and bridging chains is specifically what hash time lock contracts are for, which. Which require P2SH. So once you once you have P2SH functionality, um, then you can implement uh, you can imp implement cross chain atomic swaps uh, the way Atomic Dex does, for instance. But you can also take the next step in 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 terms of building a bridge to other other blockchains and wrap those assets and trade them on on Dexes. Does that answer your question? So, so you could theoretically use uh, like wrapped uh, wrapped asset to create like a game token, and then uh, uh, you know since it's on a different chain, you can use the MetaMask extension with the wrapped asset, Raven asset, right? Uh, yeah, I couldn't quite make that out, but I, I, so it sounded right. It, it it sounded like you're saying so. You're Raven NFT. Are you asking uh, if we can use the same MetaMask wallet and just integrate the Raven? Uh, address with wrapped raven the wrapped raven. raven asset like if you had a token or whatever you need to communicate with the game and the, the players so, you could use a metamask extension with a wrapped raven asset to uh to build a, like, like a game around well i think uh marquezano mentioned something about somebody being able to do wrapped raven on the binance uh smart chain correct right so, so yeah, that's, that's the, issue, the issue is that when a, a game developer uh, is going to be using the Binance Smart Chain for their game because we don't have a MetaMask extension. You know, what I was well, trying to that's the thing. You, you could, if and correct me if I'm wrong, but by what he mentioned earlier about that, if we're able to do Raven through the Binance Smart Chain, then that, that means, because you could do the Binance Smart Chain through MetaMask. So technically, I mean, I think it should work in that way. Right. Um, That's pretty neat. I think because since, and like I said, correct me if I'm wrong. Um, because on MetaMask, you know, you you do have access to that the BSC mainnet. So I mean, I, I don't see why you wouldn't be able to. Right, right there. That's yeah. Okay, good. Yeah, so, so you guys have any idea on like any updates with any mobile wallets? I mean, this. Uh, "Quote unquote official Raven, Raven uh, mobile wallet has just been a nightmare for years now. I mean, we got any uh, okay. Hans, developments on, on any of that? Hans, the question is: Is there any development uh, to update the uh, current um, Ravencoin mobile wallet? Well, I don't know if we're allowed to. Uh, um, able yes, to update yes. The actually, there's a project called Moontree, um, which is as basic, basically completely rewriting. Uh, Completely rewriting the uh, Ravencoin mo mobile wallet. It will it will be it will leverage the uh, the Electrum X uh, technology 
Um, elect the, the Electrum X technology has been completely rewritten also um, in the last few months. So now we have a, a new client uh, for, for Ravencoin uh, that's Electrum-based uh, for desktops that, that not only can handle uh, Raven, but also the assets, as well as a, a server version that's, that understands assets. So Raven, so, 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 so uh, uh, Electrum has been generalized now to and updated to support assets as well as Ravencoin, and the Moontree mobile wallet will use, will use the Electrum servers. Does that, that, that uh, happen to be Whale Street's project? Who's? Whale, Whale Street from Discord. Whale Street. That's 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 correct. Ray, that's correct. Moon, Moon Tree is Moon Tree is financially supported by by Whale Street. And then, uh, how long are we selling the ETA on that one? You're, you're sounding really bad on your audio there. Sorry. What's the ETA on that? Like month or? What's the ETA on that, Hans? Uh, that's not my project, but last time we asked it was when they're ready. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. Thanks, I appreciate the update. I mean, I know that yeah, they, I know they've been hard at work at it for months, and I can tell from the from the discussions that are ongoing that they've they've made a lot of progress. But I think they're trying to clean up the the menu system. Right. Yeah, I think I was talking with Wall Street about that all the way back in maybe May or uh, June of this year. So I was just curious. Um, I haven't talked to him, and so maybe I thought maybe you had an idea. Okay. Yeah, uh, I think there was a, there, there was a, a delay because the original or the original plan back this summer was to write a new mobile wallet based on Blue Wallet, um, and that and they got pretty far into that project and decided that it just didn't meet their quality requirements, so they scrapped all that code and started over again. Oh, all right. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, well, you might as well do it right the first time, right? Yeah. All right, <laughs> thank you. Is. Thank you, Raven, uh, RVNFT. Uh, Quoting, go ahead. Yeah, so I know that there's been a subject that's been really talked about in just the cryptocurrency community as a whole that's really gained a lot of of traction. And, and I mean, it goes all the way deep into to Wall Street even and, and VCs, and the subject is DAOs. Uh, it seems to me that the biggest problem that there was with the Constitution DAO was that once it failed, the ability to send back that money was it was just it was irrelevant due to the gas fees that was tied up inside of that DAO. Do you see that Ravencoin with P2SH could configure a sort of DAO and the ability to to configure in that way? But obviously, with the lower transaction fees, that would be 100% returnable if it was not, if for some reason the project failed. That's for you, Hans. Okay. So I, I, I think the biggest issue with, with uh, distributed autonomous organizations is that uh, they're being used for a lot of different purposes. And, and the generality... Uh, basically relies on the fact that Ethereum uh, virtual mach machine allows such general purpose contracts. Um, and, and having general purpose contracts um, is a nice thing. You know, it, it gives you a lot of power and flexibility. It also brings with it a lot of risk. I mean, every day we see, it seems like every day, certainly every week, we're hearing about 50 and plus million dollar hacks against various smart contracts. 
Ravencoin's approach is very different. Um, you know, scripting language that we have currently is is what we inherited from from Bitcoin, and and uh, uh, we, we're we're adding P2SH, which which lets you use the, the that cryptic that scripting capability more more flexibly with assets, but it's ne it's it's not as flexible as an Ethereum is, and it, and it never will be, and we really don't want it to be. What we want to do is we want to we want to pick specific use cases within the DAOs, not 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 everything under the sun, but what are the most common usage scenarios, and build that into the protocol at the protocol level, and make sure that at the protocol level it is sound and secure, so that we don't have these kinds of losses. Um, and 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 so architecturally, Ravencoin is. Is is much more focused than a, than a general purpose world computing kind of idea, much more focused, but also much more secure and much lower cost. I appreciate that and for answering that. Thank you. That uh, that definitely wraps up my question. Thank you. Perfect. Thank you. So we got about fifteen minutes left. Listen, everybody that's here right now, everybody should have their hands up right now because. It's a rare opportunity to get Hans on the mic to talk about code. So whatever you want in regards to code, Ravencoin code, talk to him. This is a guy you want to know everything about Ravencoin. Pick his brain. There we go. We're getting the request coming in now. Good. Thank you. All right. The next person. Who was the next person? Uh, Dejan. Or, uh, or uh, who was next? Brandon. Yeah, Brandon. Brian, that hey, uh, thanks. Uh, what can, if you could like give a dumbed down definition of uh, is it the pay to script hash? Yeah, yeah. Uh, if you could just you want you want a, a, a low level simple um, explanation for how it works. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so so normally so normally when you pay when you want to pay your bitcoin to somebody you you ask them for their address right and you set and you basically send your bitcoin to that address and because they have the private key that that address corresponds to they can they can then spend it correct so e2sh changes the model completely instead of paying to a specific address you pay to the script of a hash uh to the hash of a script rather so what you do is you basically write a program, a, a script using opcodes within the within the Ravencoin scripting language, and you write this program, and then you take the hash of the program, and and then what you do is you 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 do a P2SH, which means pay to the hash of that script, pay to script hash, and and what that means basically is that when when somebody wants to spend that Bitcoin that's been locked up that way. They need to do two things. First, they need to provide the, the script so that software can take the hash of that script and verify that they, they actually knew what the original script was. And then they have to satisfy whatever the requirements of that script are, whatever the requirements of that program is. So if that program says, well, I need three different addresses, I need three of five different addresses, and they have to, and they have to unlock the, they have to, uh, give me signatures that correspond to these pu to these public keys that I've got stored. Then that's what it does. Or if it's or if it requires, <coughs> excuse me, or if the script requires that the person, in addition to a to a key, also needs to know some secret, which is the way, uh, which is the way hash time lock contracts work. 
then you, you have to satisfy that requirement. So, so, so fundamentally, instead of locking, instead of paying to an address, you're paying to a program. I mean, this is part of the, this is part of the part of the scripting capability that we're talking about, and the kinds of things you can use to build simple DAOs. Does that make sense? Uh, yeah. Is it kind of like modeled after? Maybe I know what I'm talking about, but like a blockchain, right? Essentially, right? Ravencoin is a blockchain. <laughs> Thank you. All right. It's all blockchain technology. It's just a question of, of it's just a question of, of how you control the security of of what a Ravencoin is paid to and and who gets to cash it. Right. So let me elaborate on that, Hans, just a little bit, and correct me if I'm wrong. But all this scripting code, the the page script, the hash, all these hashes, um, is literally uh. So the hash itself is a hash of a Merkle tree. The Merkle tree is what holds all the transactions that are being placed within that hash. That hash, which is a header of all the transactions that are being compiled within the script, which is, happens to be off-chain. So none, none of this stuff is going on-chain, which alleviates a lot of the transaction and, and, and the, 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 the mess that goes on. That all happens off-chain. The only thing that happens on-chain is uh, this transaction is this hash, not the transaction because the transactions all happen off-chain. The hash is validated by a by a private key, correct, Hans? Or my yeah. So 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 basically, a hash is a, is a mathematical function that takes any arbitrary length number and reduces it into a, a fixed length uh, quantity in a, in some unique way that you can't do backwards. So if I get, I can take, I can give you any no any any arbitrary large data file, for instance. And tell you to hatch that file, and you always end up with the same a number of digits in that hash, uh, based on whatever hash func that that hash function is, and it can't be undone. In other words, I can't. If you have the hash, you don't know what file it came from, and in fact, it's not even a unique mapping. But ma mathematically, there's such an infinite number of possibilities that it can't be undone. <coughs> so, hashes are used for a couple of th different things. The, the 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 situation that you described early on involving Merkle trees and such is where hashes are basically used to, to hash together all the transactions in a block and you put that hash into the header of the block to represent all the transactions that hash basically um, represents all that massive amount of data in all the transactions but the hash itself is still short. In a P2SH it's a, it's a slightly different situation. It's not related to Merkle trees. In that case you have a program of arbitrary length and you take that program of arbitrary length, and again, you're sending it through the same mathematical function, and you end up with, again, a hash of a certain fixed length. And it's only that fixed length that you store in the transaction. That's what, that's what makes P2SH transactions always the same size and, and always small, regardless of how complex the program is, right. a bit, how complex the script is. Yeah, I believe... Oh, uh-oh. Uh-oh. Looks like Twitter's shutting down on me. Give me a second here. Hopefully, hopefully we're still on. Uh, give me a second here, Hans. Twitter is bizarre this way. I hope we're still on. And reconnect. Yes, there we go. You to express a specific right. use case. Sorry that about that. Somebody has to. Oh, there you are, John. Yeah, sorry about that. Uh, just uh, Twitter is is just not friendly when you're on it too long. It just closes down on me. Um, 
Sorry about that. So where were we at? Did you, what, what did you guys uh, hear before, before before we before we close down? What did you guys hear? The last thing you guys heard. Anything? No. Okay. We're talking about the definition so of, of that, passion. You're going to get through. Did any of the explanation get through? Yeah, you're talking about the definition of a hash, and we're getting to the next part, and then it cut out about, about how hashes work. Okay, so how, how hashes work. Uh, if you want to talk about that, how, how um, no matter how complex the script, uh, the transactions are, whether it be a single transaction or a multi-state uh, multi transaction, no matter the complexity of those transactions, once they're placed within the script, the script will spit out a, a, a hash. That hash has a certain weight, correct? Or is it size? That's where I get confused, Hans. Uh, yeah, it's 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 just the size of the number of digits in the hash. The weight is really weight is really a, a concept that that uh, Bitcoin people created uh, to explain some of the things that are going on with SegWit. Uh, at this point, it, it's not something we have to talk about for, for Ravencoin. Okay, so in regards to size, this hash has a certain size, which now we, we don't have to push all these transactions. Uh, sorry, we are still pushing the same amount of transactions into the network because uh, it's, it, it's not compiled or aggregated. <laughs> it's not aggregated transactions, correct? These are still single transactions going into the network. But what it's what what the output is from that when it goes into the script is it's spitting out a hash. That hash has a reduced amount size, correct? And that's that's somewhere between forty and sixty percent difference, correct? Uh, yeah, that's um, what you're talking about there again is for is for um, base saving for for SegWit, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, for 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 the way hashes work in P2SH is that basically. Um, there's there's a script which is a program, right? And 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 that complete program is attached to a single transaction. And that program is is sent through a, through the hashing function. A, a hash is generated, and that hash goes into that single transaction. So you could have a block which has multiple transactions. Each of those transactions has a a, a complex program attached to it, and each of those complex programs is generating a hash, which is going into its corresponding transactions. So, so there's, we're we're kind of mixing two completely different concepts. One is, one is the hashing that's going on in a in a block header to represent all the stuff that's in a block. The other is the hashing that's going on in a program, a script program, uh, that is then and that hash is then stored in a single transaction to represent the script, the script that's hidden inside the transaction. Hmm. This 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 blows my mind. I'm I'm not a developer, so I'm good. I, I'm anyone else? I'm lost for words. Look at it like an onion. Well, John. the bottom, the bottom line like is that P2SH allows arbitrarily long programs until you hit the limit for what the scripting capability is able to support in terms of the number of bytes. But I mean. Uh, that means you can basically create a transaction that says, well, you need this key and you need to know that secret and it has to be more than this many times in the, this amount of time in the future, but not longer than that amount of time. Um, and maybe there has to be a second key from somebody else and you could attach the entire program to a single transaction. Okay. There is a question here from uh, one of the community members. Uh, survey asked him to explain why cross-chain atomic swaps are important. 
Alice Chain Atomic Swaps are basically the, the, the trustless way of you sending, exchanging, changing a token with somebody on a different, on a different chain. Anytime, anytime a financial transaction takes place, that financial transaction always re requires atomicity. Atomicity basically means that one side of the transaction doesn't take place unless the other side of the transaction always do, also does. In other words, <clears throat> in other words, a, a bank, for instance, should never allow a withdrawal from one account without a deposit in a different account, or taking money from one customer without giving it to another customer. Right? You you, you never want one half of that transaction to take place without the other. And in in the traditional de in the traditional finance world. That's generally done using trusted parties. I mean, I mean, if two parties get together and want to swap, how do you how do you guarantee atomicity? If 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 Alice give, if Alice gives Bob money, how does how does she know Bob's gonna gonna give it? If she's buying something, a product or a token, if she hands over her asset, how 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 is she guaranteed that Bob's gonna re reciprocate by handing over his? Without a trusted party, that can't be done. So generally, in the traditional world. Each party gives 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 what they have to a to a third trusted party, and that third then then hands it back out again. So, in in um in the, in the blockchain world, we have the same sorts of situations between different chains, and you need some way of 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 doing a trusted party. And so, what we do is we create something called a hash time lock contract, which implement which implements a a trusted party using block blockchain code. And hash time lock contracts require P2SH functionality because they require this kind of coding program associated with the transaction that I described earlier. Okay, I think I just got it. Um, I'm sorry if I didn't do a very good justice of explaining this earlier today, but I think the light bulb just clicked in my head. It's basically like escrow. If you want to be able to exchange value from one person to another, and you don't know if that person is actually going to send that money back to you because you're trying to purchase something from them, in order to facilitate a transaction in a secure, trustless way, I would send my money to a script that would handle that for me as opposed to a trusted third party, knowing that that script is written and hard written into the blockchain such that if the other person you know, fall, falls through and doesn't send their money, then I get my money back. Whereas if they do follow through and they do give me the, the payment for whatever service that I'm providing, um, then the transaction can go through. So basically P2SH, if I were to oversimplify it, is basically escrow. Is that a good oversimplification of it? Yes. So much yes. That's what it sounds like. Perfect. Perfect. All right. Uh, DJN, who is the next speaker or next uh, question? I think his mic got kicked and something something was up with that. He just messaged me. Okay, let's see. Let's see. Was it Tasso? Uh no, I was I was good for right now. Okay. Let's see, we do have another request here. Okay, we have Luz. Go ahead. You got to unmute your microphone. I saw them unmute for a second there. 
Yeah. Hmm. I got a question from somebody in, in the community. If, uh, so, the, um, how are we going to prepare all these exchanges that hold Ravencoin uh, for this update? Is there, is there like a, a group of people, and I, I guess I can partially answer this, I know for a fact that there are people that are helping and are prepared to reach out to exchanges as well as mining pools for uh, the vote for P2SH, but as well um, the exchanges that hold Ravencoin for the P2SH fork. So I know that I'm a part of it with the Raven Angels, but I know that there's probably other groups that are, are helping do this as well. Is that correct? Who was that question to? Oh, uh, well, I guess that was at Hans, or yeah, more Hans, because Hans being in the development side, um, if he's aware of, of people or groups, or if there's a community involvement that we need to get, that we need to garnish uh, to get to get all of these different exchanges and groups of people aware of the fork that's upcoming. Well, I know that I know that Trod in the in the in the past has been very active in in that, and and as has Jiraz. Uh, you know, it's been a while since we did a, a, a big hard fork like this, so the community has kind of changed since then. So it's less clear who's going to do that around. I, I, I can additionally say, though, that we're taking additional um, precautions in, in, the, in the sense that there's a voting period uh, which occurs, and I forget what, what numbers we finally ended up uh, settling on, but there's a voting period that takes place by the, where the miners signal whether they're willing to accept the new version of the, of the node software. And then once that locks in, as has it be, having been accepted, then there's a delay period before it actually takes effect. And we, we've, we've increased both of those numbers substantially. So, so it's going it's gonna to take a while for, for, the, for, the, for the signaling to lock in. But even after, after the lock-in period, there's, there's an extended period of time during which we have to, to, to notify everyone. Uh, but I'm, I'm not uh, really involved in, in, uh, in efforts to contact the exchanges and that. No, thank you. Either way, yeah, thank you. I think that that, that, that wraps up some of, the, some of the question of that for sure, so thank you. Perfect. Uh, we got one more question, and this is from yeah. H. Uh, Raf Na Nagalder. He is yeah, thanks. the unofficial historian of Ravencoin. <laughs> so, I've, I've been around Ravencoin for a long time. Hopefully you guys can hear me all right, huh? Yes. All right. Uh, so, and probably the most asked question is going to be, how do we pronounce my name? And it's Haraf Nagalder. Um, so, uh, I guess my head's kind of spinning. I, I, we've got Hans on the line, and, and I uh, <laughs> I have a lot that I'd want to ask, but I guess I'll, I'll try to just stay on the, on the most recent topics one is that like i would ask hans what he meant uh, so someone someone asked hans if p2sh kind of meant escrow and so i would actually ask i think that p2sh can enable things far beyond escrow and i would ask briefly if, if hans has any ideas for like what the future of escrow might look like on a on a, on a utxo blockchain that has P2SH assets enabled and like what kind of complex functionalities we might see like uh, 
at the at the practical implementation level for like so what is this what does p2sh mean for the common user as far as like techno technological implications we haven't um seen before i guess so um, i think we've already talked about the two major applications of, we've already talked about the two major applications of ptf specifically multi-sig and and uh and hash time lock contract cross-chain atomic swaps um there's a lot more p2sh could do a lot more of that but i i think we should not underestimate what the how much value there is in in being able to treat any asset using multi-sig or any asset using cross-chain atomic swaps. I mean, cross-chain chain atomic swaps, as I said, allow you to do uh, allow you to do wrapped coins, and therefore you can you can basically set up dexes um, with that with that technology. So that alone, I think, is is very very powerful. We shouldn't underestimate. It takes time, of course, for for the application community to write GUIs around all that functionality. But I think uh, once we ha once we have P2SH. Uh, we can also start writing more general purpose co contracts, and then we'll probably want to t start looking at the scripting language and adding a few additional capabilities. There's been a lot of discussion in the Bitcoin community of adding a couple of new opcodes. Certainly, Bitcoin Cash and some of the other Bitcoin forks have had a lot of them. Bitcoin's been pretty conservative. But even within the conservative Bitcoin community, there's been discussion of adding a few opcodes specifically to enable something called covenants, which, which, which we don't have time to get into today. But once you once you have covenant capability and P2SH capability, then you start to be able to write programs that that not only control what how a Bitcoin can be spent, but how it can be spent in the future, um, so that you can lock it up in various in various much more complex ways. Again, there's not really time to get into the details, but but P2SH comp together with additional opcodes for covenants gives you a much a, a much more powerful programming language than we currently have. Thanks, Hans. Perfect. All right. Uh, if Let's I, go if ahead I may, JC, go ahead. If I may, I just wanted to say thank you to Blockchain and all the other speakers, Marcusano, uh, for jumping at the last minute. We had a we had a, a speaker lined up that could not make it. And we had to jump through hoops to organize something here. And I know it's been a, a, a bit difficult in the back end. So thank you guys. Thank you for uh, to the team for jumping in and making this happen. And uh, to the listeners, uh, to everybody else paying attention and, and joining us in these spaces, uh, please know that not all the future spaces are going to be as technical as this one. Uh, hopefully, uh, for some of you that are uh, some of these things that are too uh we'll talk about more practical uses and uh and hope hope that you guys can continue to join us if you are a raving coin supporter it is really important that you guys continue to tweet and, and join us because every time one of these space meetings your followers see that you're in these space meetings and they'll want to join as well so Thank you, everybody, for showing up. Uh, thank you, hosts, co-hosts, speakers, Gordon, thanks for jumping in. Uh, Marcusano, and I know there were some audio challenges as well. Hans, thank you so much for showing up. Uh, let's uh, keep this going, guys. Uh, 
Blockchain John is all yours. All right, thank, thank you. you. Uh, JC, if you can just uh, let us know what tomorrow's event is for day three of the T minus 30 event. Wow, you put me on the spot. <laughs> okay, okay. I actually, I I actually you're, you're actually driving, aren't you? So I apologize. Uh, I don't, I don't want to <laughs> sidetrack you on that. I apologize. No, I, 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 think, I think it may be use cases, and I think it may be Adam uh, with Mango Assets, or I, yeah, yeah. I think that's, a, a, yeah, a, but a, I, I'm not 100% sure. Okay, perfect. It's a Ravencoin halvening. That is that is our topic tomorrow is the having and what that implicates and we're gonna have some guests on for that as well. Perfect. Sorry, I've got wanna... it. I've got it in front of me. <laughs> thank you, thank you. So with that said, uh, everybody, thank you, all the listeners, thank you for being here. DJ, being my co-host, JC Quoting, uh, Marcozano, and of course the legendary Hans. This is the first time I get to talk to him. Hans, thank you for being with us. <laughs> I appreciate. Thank that. you. Sorry about sorry about the bad, poor audio, but. Uh, yeah, you did fun. your best. Oh, okay, hope so it was useful. Thank you. For everybody that's still here, we do have Braveland. Make sure you download Braveland. Hang out with us. We're having an event. Clothing, do you remember the event? What is it? January 8th, right? Yes, sir. I got it pinned up there January 8th. There's going to be like a bazaar pretty much. Look at it like a flea market to meet your NFT artists. There's yeah. going to be a bunch of booths. I'm going to be there. You're going to be there. DJ's going to be there. It's going to be hot. So yep. make sure you Tell download Braveland. All right, with that said, happy birthday, Cryptolissa. It's our birthday today. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Woo! All right. Happy that, birthday, Cryptolissa. Yep. And for uh, C3 Media, if you go to C3 Media 2, the number 2, we are having a sticker giveaway for Ravencoin. Just go over to to, uh, to the Twitter cha- uh, the Twitter page at C3 Media 2, and we have that pinned at the top regarding a, uh, a giveaway. So check that out. With that said, we are out of here. Until next time. Stack sets and huddle. Adios. Thank you, Hans. Thanks so much, guys. Thank you, Hans. You freaking rock, dude.